So welcome to uh, a new episode of Building New Realities. Very privileged today to have Joanna Popper from HP uh, on the podcast with us. Um, those of you who are in the XR space will know that Joanna is an incredibly active and incredibly dynamic person. So very lucky to have her here today and appreciate you taking time out, Joanna. Um, currently at HP, Joanna is the global head of virtual reality for location-based uh, entertainment. And obviously we'll dig into that a little bit because you come from a kind of media and marketing uh, background. You were VP of marketing for eight years at NBC. You're EVP of media and marketing at Singularity University. Um, so yeah, welcome to Podcast Building New Realities. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here today. Great. And I hope you can help me build a new reality because I've just come off a three and a half hour conference call on a budget that was supposed to be an hour call. So uh, I was on a call kind of like that earlier today too. So let's definitely all build a new reality. I'm really looking forward to changing my mental state after that. Um, yes, yeah, so, let's do it. I need that also. Okay, great. Let's just have a bit more of a relaxed chat. Cool. So um, yeah, obviously interested to find out about your background, your, you know, looking at what you do, um, you were sort of very involved in the LBE space, the marketing space. And then we've had this kind of like shift in VR that um, enterprise uses have sort of really gained traction. And so the, the focus shift to that a little bit more because of course, as soon as you're getting use cases and people are like demonstrating value and demonstrating change, um, that's, you know, that's obviously where, where you want to head. So how do you feel your, your, your split is now between the sort of LBE, more marketing experiential pieces and the enterprise side. Yeah, I mean, well, the way I look at it, so I, I, I thank you for first inviting me on. I'm excited to be here, and you know, you, you all are doing such exciting things. So excited to have a chat with you about diving deeper, also into what you all are doing. Right. Um. So I would, I would, well, so I, I, I joined HP about two and a half years ago now, and you know, HP has a long, long. Uh, history and legacy in technology and computing. HP was, this is our 81st anniversary and HP was, was credited with the founding of Silicon Valley. Our two founders were building technology in the famous HP garage for, with Walt, uh, for, you know, for Walt Disney for the movie Fantasia. So the legacy for technology, the legacy for media and entertainment is long and it's, it's uh, illustrious. And since then, the company is focused on inventing and reinventing the future and building technology you know, to help us improve the way we go about our lives across all areas. And you know, so HP has been through all of these different waves of computing that we've, been, 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 that we've had so far. And as a company, we see, as many other big tech companies see, we see that the future of computing will be in the space of immersive computing. Um, and for us, we, all, we also you know, strongly believe in data science and AI and edge compute and, and 3D, uh, 3D printing manufacturing. So those, those are some of the other big, you know, big, big um, waves that we see that, that will kind of converge in, into what the a future of computing will be. And so for us, it's important that we are building and leading the way in what's happening um, in these areas in the, in the immersive or you know, VR AR area that I work in, that, that's, been, that's been our focus. And so when I joined, we were, I would say we, we had a pretty, um, we focused 
on the the different industries and, and sort of industrial uses and, and segments of the market. And so we had, you know, I was primarily focused on location-based entertainment. We had somebody who was focused on healthcare. We had somebody who was focused on, um, you know, we had a focus on AEC, product development, and um, higher education, and then training. And training kind of cut across all of those use cases. Um, you know, in a way, you know, you could you could have training within healthcare, or, or you know, some synergies between education and training. Um, so, so there were kind of there were five five main buckets that we looked at, um, and where we saw business coming, um, and and you know, we saw that those were the areas where the, the growth was fa was fast and and you know had clear ROI already for using virtual reality and you know this technology in in business. Yeah, so interesting points you make. I mean, obviously, yeah, LBE location based experience um, have had to shut down. To, to all intents and purposes, um, you know, COVID nineteen has has given us all a bit of a new reality to uh, to deal with. You know, the um, and, and, and my personal view is in terms of sort of the collaboration space, the collaboration market that you know we're a big part of is that it's been given a kind of tailwind of about three years, whereas. Mm -hmm. You know, I think previously, pre-COVID, sort of VR for training was like, okay, this is interesting. You know, this is a bit out there to most companies. This is still kind of quite out there. But, you know, we are, we're seeing results and we're, we're just starting to straddle between innovation spend and, and actual operational proper training spend because we're getting, getting ROI on it. And But this kind of collaboration piece that you're talking about across all devices, that's a bit sci-fi for us. And then as in any kind of downturn, any sort of innovative training goes down the agenda, but anything that can bring people together goes up the agenda. It's mean, wow, you've actually got solutions to this problem now. Um, so that side of things feel like it's given, been given a tailwind for about three years, which is amazing. And it feels like actual money on training, certainly for you know, the first four, well, we are in month four now, um, has sort of been reduced, you know, perhaps a stimulus comes through, people will start to think, okay, we can spend on that again. But there's been this really interesting shift and it's taken something at that kind of global level to move something forward. Obviously people who work in the space were like, well, this is coming, you know, we, we are right. in the future, we are building new realities. Um, so it's been very interesting to get this kind of slightly unwelcome to 90% of the population uh, situation, but, but, but for some of us, it's like, okay, well, you know, compared to selling pizzas and coffees, um, this is, is not an entirely unwelcome result for our, for our industry. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of talking about hardware and talking about what HP is, is doing in, in the XR space, you just released the, the new Reverb, which you've been partnering with Valve. When I saw that announcement, I think you probably announced it about two months ago, two three months ago. Yeah, we did a we did like a little tease announcement in March to align with the Half Life Alex game launch. So we knew we knew there'd be a lot of attention on on the space, a lot of attention on Valve, Valve of course, that day. Yeah. And so um, we did a little a little tease just to let the market know that HP and Valve and Microsoft were partnering on a new headset, and we 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 had a. Had a a short a short short video with not a lot of details at that point not a lot of details, just enough like subtle coming out of the, to the interest just to pique yeah. the interest well when i soon as i saw that i thought that's a smart move i thought that was yeah a, we were really excited we we're really excited and then in the end of may we did we did a full announcement so now you know announced all the details um you know beyond the partnership we announced all the, the product specs and um 
the timeline. Um, we'll be shipping this fall and actually turned on pre-orders already in the United States and the pre-orders, I don't know when this is going to air, but the pre-orders will be launching in, um, the, there's, there's select markets that the pre-orders will launch uh, beyond the United States, which will be rolling out end of June into, into the middle of July. Right. And then shipping and shipping in the fall. If you're in the U.S., you can already go online and, and, and get your pre-order in. pre-order in. Slash reverb. Cool. Well, well, you know, while we're talking about hardware, and, um, you know, I'm sure you're, you are privy to a very interesting five-year roadmap of, of, of hardware. And, you know, I've talked to briefly to Cecile, who's one of the, uh, the, the Europe uh, reps about hardware. You know, what's your, what's your take on the, uh, you know, obviously the standalone sector now we all again as people who work in the sector and you know a year ago would, would look at standalone and, and go well that's obviously where it is going to go and we, but perhaps we were thinking it was going to take two or three chipset generations or, or or potentially more to become um not just a contender but a kind of go-to device um and then obviously with you know with, with quest we're seeing a lot of consumer uh, activity which is great um, because you know the more kind of bottom-up outreach that we can do through the world where people are just used to using it at home and therefore they they're excited to use it at work that's really important um, what, what's your sort of view on uh, on standalone versus tethered at this point well, I think that they're they're both important and there's a use case for both standalone and, te and tethered I, I, so you know with with what what we've announced with the HP reverb generation 2 with, with valve and Microsoft the focus is on is on tethered and the, the focus is on providing the you know, highest resolution among the major headsets experience you know if you if you pair it with uh, with one of our g2 backpacks or uh, you know, we have also have a new a new laptop that's really the ZBook Studio or ZBook Create that's coming out that will be like the smallest 15-inch laptop that can run VR. If you, so if you, if you pair it with that or with a desktop, you're able to have that, that very, very high performance, high resolution, high quality virtual reality experience. And so in some in, in, in many environments that matters a lot you know so that matters a lot to gamers who are playing who are playing games that need that high performance who matters to gamers who are doing flight simulation games racing simulation games you know that extra that extra resolution gives them that extra visual that then you know you know drives their score up you know hopefully um, and so so in, in the gaming world um, for for you know certainly for any seated game for any like really really powerful game um you know half-life alex you know there's, there's there's lots of there's lots of places that that um we see continue continuation of pc tethered uh, vr because of the that the, the desire for high quality right mm -hmm. um and then on in some of the other areas you know when you there's um there's, there's, in, if you're doing product development, if you're doing architecture, engineering, construction, where you have really heavy pipeline, pipelines, you know, heavy workflows, and again, how, you know, how good the the quality looks and the, the resolution matters, it's there. There we'll see tethered VR continue to be important. At least, you know, now while we have such a differential between how the, how the experience um, appears. You know, we our our headset is twenty one sixty by twenty one sixty per eye. Um, our what a resolution. 
Yeah, the resolution. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then um, on the new reverb generation two, we have improved the optics. So the resolution remains the same, but the optics are, have been greatly improved. And that, that was an actual aspect that was designed by Valve. So, and they've, you know, they've had 10 years of experience in VR, VR optics. So, um, you know, that, 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 that part of the partnership we're really excited about. Uh, so, so you, and then, and then on the training use case where, um, where, where, you know, different, different options can work, but in, in, in some, in some training experiences, you're going to want some, you know, if you're reading text on screen, which a lot of training still has reading on screen, you would want a headset where you can actually read on screen, which, you know, HB Reverb, uh, Gen 1 or Gen 2 provide, provide that. Um, and so, so, um, and, and then some of the other areas, you know, uh, medical school training, you know, just, just, the, you know, there's certain, there's certain areas where the, that you need, you still need PC tethered beer. Mm, sure. And so we, we're going to, I think, and I think we'll, we'll continue to see that. And so that's with the, with the reverb generation two, that's the area that we're playing to, right? So, um, you know, we took what was great about the reverb generation one, which was that really high resolution, um, the inside out tracking, the relatively lightweight, um, experience on your head. And then, uh, added in the great partnership and collaboration with with valve plus microsoft plus hp each company bringing what they're the best at so you know valve has cutting edge technology they're bringing all this great audio they're bringing great optics they're bringing their ergonomics and then of course access to steam vr microsoft you know leading six stuff uh, inside out tracking and the the windows mixed reality bridge to steam vr so it's a window it's a windows mixed reality headset but and you're able to in in addition to accessing anything on Windows Mixed Reality, you're also able to access anything on Steam VR. So um, that you know, giving you that full compatibility and full access. And then HP brings the the most comprehensive commercial portfolio um, of VR products. And so each of us kind of bringing what we're best at there. Um, and then what we've what we've improved upon is, you know, I mentioned the optics. So it's a much better visual experience, a much more immersive visual experience. There was some perceived mirror in generation one that's gone. Um, the the um, so the audio is the the awesome uh, you know similar to the awesome speakers that are on the Valve Index. The we've improved upon the ergonomics. We've improved upon the the um, the comfort of the headset. The bridge between Valve and um, between Steam VR and Windows Mixed Reality has been improved upon. We've added in uh, manual IPD adjust, which was something that people were certainly asking for a lot. Um, we've uh, we've doubled the number of cameras so cameras, you know, greatly improving upon the tracking, um, and the controllers have been improved upon as well. Um, and then we've, we've improved upon the gate, the cable, making it more comfortable as well as longer. So just, you know, if you go and I don't know, go and read Reddit and see everything that people didn't want to do, you know, everything people liked, you know, on the resolution side and the comfort and the inside out tracking, but then read like all the things that they said, Hey, we'd like to see this improved. Okay. We basically went check, 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 check. check. Right. I think maybe not a hundred percent, but nearly, nearly a hundred percent. That's almost an impossible task to reach reddit approved <laughs> well we'll see if it's reddit approved because that you know still TBD. but it, you know the, the ben lang from road to vr he um he's one of the few who's actually been hands-on so far um he's written two articles already based on his hands-on experience the first one's headline was king of clarity so nice. we're we like we like that headline we think yeah it's a great headline yeah, I, mean, I think as I, I, when I reached out to you, I told you we just got on this program called Weaver, which is all about bringing in esports 
um, mm -hmm. into into immersive spaces. So fidelity is really important there because you're going right. to have a map of the game that's all going to have a live representation of the different assets as they're played. But then you're also yeah. going to have a number of different screens. Um, so you're going to have like the camera feeds from the players, uh, camera feeds from the commentators. You'll actually have influencers in the space with you in VR. Um, mm -hmm. and as, a, as a user, as a viewer, you'll be, you know, be able to choose which influencer or which commentator you want in your space. So multiple levels of, of content and interaction. The way I'm sort of thinking about it at the moment is it's like, um, it's kind of like a sports bar um, meets minority report. Uh, you know, Very just cool. when you go into a, a sports bar and you've got that kind of overwhelming sense of, uh, mm -hmm. of kind of feeds and information and excitement uh, around the sport. But obviously mm -hmm. the bonus here is we get to bring the actual IP into, into the experience. So you can be watching the game and you can have a character next to you. And we're going to give people the ability to customize the space as well. So we're, we're super excited about that project. Um, and that's that's running very the, cool that sounds great it's yeah. really cool yeah running for next year and um, basing it all on dota 2 to begin with um, and again because of covid the, the consortium has actually been running for a year and a half uh, we were brought on because they were just about to build the cross device uh, implementation the vr ar desktop and mobile and then we were put in contact with them and they said oh we're just about to build that um, but you guys have already built it. Do you want to come on the consortium? So we're like, yes, that looks like a, a great opportunity. So yeah, going back to content, and obviously, you know, you've, you've been in um, the, the LBE world, location-based experience world. What, what are your kind of favorite type of experiences? Do you like to engage with kind um, of the highbrow IP? Do you like to fly like a bird? Do you like horror? What's your kind of thing? Uh, there's so many great experiences. There's so many good ones. Uh, what do, what do I, I, I love the experiences. Well, I, so on the location-based entertainment side, I, you know, I love the experiences where you go in with your friends or your family and you get to experience something that maybe you're, that you can, either you can't in real life or kind of brings you together in a, you know, into a community, into, into an experience where you have adrenaline together or you, you know, create excitement together. Um, and so whether that's, you know, swimming, you know, swimming in an ocean with like scuba diving with whale mammals that maybe you've never, maybe you've never done in real life. Maybe you went all the way to the Philippines to try to find the whale mammals and kept going out on the boat and they still never showed up every time you got in the ocean. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that happened to you. That happened to yeah, me. So. Right. <laughs> now I don't need to fly all this distance. I can just. Like, so, so I've only ever swum with whale mammals in, uh, in VR. In VR. But never. But they showed up every time. They've showed up every time I go into VR and look for them. They're always there. And sometimes we even get to save their lives. So we get like the whole savior thing. But um, yeah. yeah, but when I, when I went to the Philippines and tried to find them in real life, they did not show up for us. Um, we, we, uh, I guess they, they, they didn't get the memo. <laughs> or they did and they didn't want to show up <laughs> um you know some experiences like that or you or you have like you know adrenaline experiences where you're running and chasing or you know or unlocking unlocking something and you know escaping and you know I lo those experiences are really fun um and you know I love that you're bringing people together, exposing them to new things and giving them this new great experience, you know, with partners of ours, like, like Dreamscape or Zero Latency or with Working Spaces and Nomadic and VR Studios and, you know, so many, so many of the, um, and then around the world, like, so real VR Arcade, Vex, even, uh, yeah, and the Park Playground, you know, they, um, so many of them have really, really, really compelling Veronia and, and fun and fun contact contact um 
content. And then on the, we've also worked with a lot of different companies that are in content creators that have, that have shown at film festivals. Um, and, you know, for at all the big film festivals and, and many, we've worked with most of the big content creators, I would say. Um, and, you know, I love, I love, I love the content that makes you think, maybe puts you in a different mindset, that shows you a part of the world that maybe you wouldn't normally get to see. Um, and kind of, yeah, kind of gives you something to think about and maybe upends your perspective or teaches you something. I love, I love that, that type of content. And then I also really, really love the use, the, the content that, that uses, that, that, that takes advantage of being embodied Mm. And so uses, you know, inspires you to use your, your physical body um, in, in, a, in a way, you know, the, all, all of the content, I think, leans into the interactivity and the immersion um, and in the point of view and the storytelling. Um, I, but I especially love when you're able to sort of connect with your, with your, with your physical body and, and, um, and drive, drive the experience in that way. Because I, I, because I think that's something that right, is, is somewhat unique in virtual reality. You know, when you're, if you, if, if that, that doesn't happen as much when you're say watching, watching television or watching, you know, watching a video online or a movie, um, you, don't, you don't interact with your, your, your full body in the same mm. way. And so I, I, I appreciate that, that element as well. Um, and Ian, I appreciate, I like to work out in VR. Um, oh, do you? Yeah. You get your sweat on. Yeah, great. Yeah, and but and that that's part of that you know in, embodied experience. You know, it's it's that combination of the immersion, the storytelling, and the embodied experience. What are your preferred uh, workout apps? Uh, well, of course, everyone loves Beat Saber, yeah. and then. Um, and then, um, but there's, there's a lot more, you know, there's, there's the team from Euro that's doing some great stuff. There's the team from within that um, launched Supernatural. Beat Saber um, 2. And, what? Beat Saber 2. You know, it's interesting. I, I think when they first launched, there was a lot of online chatter like that. Um, but what I've seen and what I've noticed about that game specifically and about the, what I've been hearing about it, I would say Beat Saber, well, I mean, from my point of view, for Beat Saber is a really, really fun game mm. that had a result for some people of giving, of giving them the opportunity to exercise. Yeah. Whereas I would say Supernatural yeah. is designed- An unintended result. It was primarily- Well, I, I don't know if that was- I don't, I don't know that that was their intent. I mean, I've certainly spoken to the founders, but I don't, I don't know that- based on the conversation. I don't think I've ever asked them that, so it would be good, good for, for me to ask them that, but I don't, for, I don't know that that was their, I don't know that they were, were intending to create a, a, a game that you know, resulted in lots of people losing weight around the world, for example. Um, maybe they were intending to get people up and moving. Mm. Um, that's what I meant, it was an unintended. Uh, yeah, I think, well, that's what I think, but you know, I, 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 haven't, fun, right? I haven't specifically well, confirmed that question with them, so I don't want to speak out of turn about what they're actually doing. You think, okay, we're going to have lightsabers, and we're going to break things, and we're going to do it in time. Like, that's enough to get going with. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was two developers and a composer in the beginning, right? Who, yeah. who um, so I think that they, and I, I'm sure they've done a ton of podcasts and a ton of talks, you can, so you can hear them on it, but I don't, I don't, from what I, under, my understanding isn't that they were intending to create an exercise mechanism. Hmm. Um, 
but again, I could, could be wrong because it could be, you know, that was intention number seven of, of all the intentions. Yeah. Uh, and then where I was supernatural, it, it's intended as an exercise, it's packaged as exercise. And so I, what that, you know, it's so, you know, each day the packaging comes as, okay, I'm going to do this many minutes and I'm going to do this many songs and I'm going to track afterwards my, my metrics. And so I think that that probably appeals to a slightly different audience, Agreed. An, yeah. an audience who, who, uh, is in, you know, intends to go get their exercise and then now has decided, oh, this is a good way for me to get my exercise. Yeah. So I think it's a little different of yeah, probably who the target audience is. I mean, I would be, I haven't seen the demographics. I'd be interested to see the demographics uh, in terms yeah, of- Yeah, and it's a different mindset, isn't it? They probably talk about your quads, your glutes, and you know, the bits of exercise. They do. You get a relationship. They do. They do all the things you, and, you, and there's, you know, three or four different, different uh, instructors who are there. You know, there's Leanne, there's Doc, there's just one more. Rainer, Rainier, I think is the name. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's 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 a fun it's it's fun and it's good and and yeah for the last month or so that's been my primary exercise <laughs> because all my normal exercise you know I normally do class pass right um, and that's been closed for three months the gym in my building I think has been closed I think it's just starting to reopen and there's lots of like little plastic cubes now you get like a, a, a six by six. In, I've seen some photos coming out of the states with or, or oh I saw I saw that that's I right know. I went on to those gyms but I I did see that um, yeah so so um, but I, I think. I think any, I also would say any, any um, content that widens the, the audience and also gives people an incentive to, to keep coming back day after day after day after day is positive for the overall market. Yeah, I'd agree. It's that stickiness. It's wanting to come back. It's something we're talking about, obviously, in the context yeah. of esports, and yeah. not just with a VR headset, right? Because we've also got to appeal to people on laptops, on mobiles, because that's where mm -hmm. our biggest audience is going to yeah, be. Yeah, because that's where you get the reach. Yeah, yeah, I mean, another another area like that is is what uh, Nanea and the team have done at Trip, where it's a meditation yeah. app. So with, with the with the intention, you know, ideally you don't just meditate once, but you meditate every day or at least a few times a week, and so mm -hmm. you know, with the intention of having you come back and back and back. Do you do those kind of meditation in VR apps? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you done them? I, yeah, I've had a go. I mean, I already meditated quite a lot anyway. And, get, you know, I, I, I had a kind of a go on a few of them. Um, but mm. obviously, I sort of try and ration myself a little bit on, on, on VR usage, where it's going to have a, a biggest bang for the buck. And I kind of quite enjoy a sort of normal and normal meditation uh, uh, practice without the headset. But I've, I've really been enjoying Racket NX over the last month. Like, I really like Racket Sports, and there's uh, oh, cool. Racket NX, where they kind of put you in a cube and you're, you know, you're hitting, the, hitting the ball against the, um, try that one. against the targets. And when you play it, you're like, oh, this is, this is like that scene from a sci-fi film 20 years ago where they go, okay, I'm off to go and play tennis on the holodeck now. It's like, you know, you put this thing on, you're like, oh, okay, I'm doing that thing where a, a whole tennis court is wrapping itself around me and I'm getting really kind of quite involved. Uh, yeah, good fun. Well, I think that in some ways, you know, a lot of those science fiction movies, uh, you know, take place in a dystopia. And in some ways, what we're living right now is a dystopia. So some, you know, so, you know, you talked earlier about the, the acceleration of interest in virtual reality and, and, you know, acceleration of interest in technology that allows for and contributes to remote collaboration. So it, you know, makes sense that, you know, some of these, some that were accelerating into some of these behaviors that, that would be imagined in, in, in that type of um, environment. Yeah, and all science fiction is a, is a creation of the imagination, isn't it? And we all uh, pursue 
to make real those things that uh, appear in our imagination through our creativity. Yes. Um, you know, one area. I mean, nice if it was in through a utopia, but um, yeah, we're still working. Hopefully, we're moving into that. You know, the uh, we're still working the, on that. The, the the darkest moment is before dawn, as some wise scribe said. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm interested in because we talked about LBE, and then of course there's the sort of very functional training piece, and we you know we've done pieces in that in aviation where you're ground crew and you know you're putting people in scenarios that are difficult to create in real life I mean one of our mantras as a company has been providing access to situations and scenarios that are physically impossible or prohibitively expensive and you know ground crew training or any kind of hazard training that's kind of quite straightforward in a way and LBE stuff you get because it's entertainment, you're going to these worlds that are difficult to simulate or you're stimulating communication as, as you've mentioned as, as one of your sort of aspirations for content. But I think there's a potential for quite interesting crossover. Like we've done um, a, a bunch of work for a client, it's not on our website because it's uh, been heavily NDA'd, um, but it's around behavior change. Mm. And so we've created a, a, an experience that to all intents and purposes feels very much like a game. You know, you're embodied as robots, you've got a challenge that you've got to um, do, you've got to make sure your team are briefed. But it's got this kind of quite serious undertone of, as humans, we all think we behave in a certain way. Um, you know, if I'm in charge of a team, I might make an assumption that my team are very well briefed, or that I always am there for the person who hasn't quite picked up on instructions. But in reality, I might behave in a very different way. Uh, and by putting them, them in these spaces where you can actually, in kind of quite a safe way, go, well, actually, you weren't there for your team. You just got on with the task and rescued yourself. That it can go into these kind of slightly more subtle behavior change kind of aspects, which leads into, you know, the empathy producer, which, again, is a really strong section um, for VR and for immersive tech. In, in the introduction, I talked to you about being an EVP of uh, media marketing at Singularity University. Who were the uh, interesting characters or most interesting characters you met during that time? Well, a lot of interesting characters hang out at Singularity University, you know, starting with the founders, you know, Ray, Ray Kurzweil is a fascinating, is a fascinating and incredibly intelligent and uh, interesting person. So I don't, if, if you follow him or what he's written or the work okay. he's done throughout time, yeah. uh, he's, he's a great, great person, really you know, great, great person to spend time with and um, has, has created He's, he's a renowned futurist who I think his batting average, you know, is, it's like 80 something, almost 85, 87% of what he's predicted has come true, which is certainly a high, You'd high B that. plus. You'd go with that, wouldn't you? If you were told like, this is, this is your percentage for judgments in life. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, it's, I think it's a B plus on a grading scale, but it certainly, it should be, should be high graded higher on a curve. Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he's, you know, fascinating and, um, his co-founder Peter Diamandis has done a lot of really great work and um, at XPRIZE and at, at Singularity and has written some fantastic books like Abundance and Bold that yep. focus that that focus on looking at the metrics over time and taking a more positive a positive view on where we are in the world today. You know, looking at you know number of people dying from war and number of people um, you know mortality rates and um, that, that, those types of statistics, um, poverty rates, and um, taking, but taking a, a very long view on it and seeing, you know, to, get, to give more positivity to where we are in the world today. But then also when, you know, where, when we do see issues and concerns and problems, you know, how do we, how do we take 
um, you know, this kind of both, you know, from Ray and from Peter, about take accelerating tech, take exponential technology and apply them to big, huge world problems to, to, uh, to, to improve all, you know, our, our lives overall. Yeah, I mean, I think the abundance book and the abundance mindset is a kind of welcome relief uh, amongst the, uh, you know, the, the onslaught of um, less abundant mindset, right, which we're, we're hardwired to do, you know, we're just having a hard time kicking the habit. Uh, so we can't blame each other. But it's, it's very interesting to be a, a, in such abundant times, but to see that the default position can still slip to lack or blame um, just because that's kind of our, our, our reptilian functioning. So yeah, I was a big fan, big fan of just trying to employ that mindset on, on more of a day-to-day -day basis. It's like, well, you can think two ways about this and the way yeah. you think about it is going to affect the outcome uh, and affect your, your view and approach to things on, on each successive day. It's true. It's true. And I think, I think what's one important thing about a lot of that work too is, is looking at um, you know, in a lot of the cases, I think, you know, it's sort of a cliche. It's like the future's here. It's just not, it's just not evenly distributed. Mm. And, and so, so, you know, so much of this technology, so much of, of these positive benefits exist, but they're, they're in very small groups. Um, and so, and, you know, certainly not, not the most diverse, inclusive representative groups either. And so I think a, a important thing for me is, is looking at and pulling towards like, how, how do you, how do you take that so that the the abundance and the the abundance and the positivity extends beyond a very limited sub um, segment of the population? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you feel are the greatest opportunities in your field? The greatest opportunities, mm. actually, it relates to what I was just saying. I think so. You know, if you look back, and so so one, you know, starting with this is the, this is the future of computing, um, and it and it's and it's a combination. You know, I come from a media background and I come from a technology background, and I believe that both media and technology have this incredibly, incredibly powerful ability to shape our reality, to shape how we think of ourselves, how we think of the world, how we think of, of those around us, how we interact with those around us, how we think of our own possibilities. And I, I think that I believe that both media and technology can use that can use that in different ways, right? And so as we go into this this new wave of computing that that is this combination of innovation and technology and storytelling and content, it's incredibly important that we don't repeat some of the the um, exclusion and and that had led led to some of the I would say you know negatives and 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 um, downsides of the the current wave of computing that we're in, being that's mobile. You know, mobile, social, cloud era, um, and that it's it, it, to create a wave of computing where that that, that it's the best for all of us. Mm. You know, the, the best, the best, the best computing for all of us requires people from a variety of backgrounds and demographics and geographies around the world to contribute to it, so that it you know, can really be the best, the best. The, the best wave of computing for all of us and not just for a small group of, pop, of, of the population that, that was so fortunate as to, to build it. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of that is um, requiring a bit of a shift 
on societal goals because to date it's been very much around efficiency, speed, improvement. And, you know, my heart really warms when occasionally I see in the press that uh, economies or countries are considering uh, including happiness metrics in their GDP. And that GDP, which is always held up as like, well, this is the thing we're all aiming for um, mm. in a period of, you know, of, of large growth, but not well distributed. You know, perhaps one of the measurements needs to be like distribution. Uh, uh, of, well, it, yeah, equity, of, right? Like, like stratification of society and equity. And so we're, we're, there's, there's a lot of work to be done in that area. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's, and it's not, gonna, it's not a, a quick area to... Uh, yeah, to, and, some, and in some of the countries where it's actually gotten worse over time, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess on that slightly softer side, some of the, the hopes or the... the, the the, the, the pro not the promise, promise is the wrong word, but the, the aspiration for our field is in that, you know, is that the, the joy or happiness is an outcome. And it doesn't just mean because you've gone on a roller coaster that's a dragon, but, um, you know, <laughs> enabling touch between distributed families. So, you know, my wife recently went in um, Vision XR, our application to talk to, to someone from work. So I've been working from home. She hadn't tried it for a while. I was like, here, try this. Ben will show you around what we've been building. And she came out going, Wow, you know, I, I felt like I was there with him, you know, and when he handed me something, I felt like I, I touched, you know, I had contact with him. Um, and, you know, just being able to facilitate that between distributed families. So obviously my dad lives in the States, we live in, in the UK, and, you know, starting to get to a point where, you know, he'll be able to hang out with his granddaughter and have those kind of interactions. You know, when I very first got into to VR five years ago, having worked in graphics and hardware my whole career, you know, my first, one of my first thoughts around it was, you know, this is going to be great for people who don't have mobility, you know, for people who, who can't get out and about and to be able to replay them, perhaps the, the glory moments from their, from their life or, or just from their, um, you know, experience with their family. So anyway, that touch thing, you know, rather than being, folk, you know, obviously speed and efficiency and growth has a place, but also it's very interesting to look at um, fostering human uh, connection a little bit more. What's been your yeah, I love that. What's been your favorite project to work on to date? Oh my gosh, there's so many great projects I've been so lucky to work on. You know, I talked earlier about some of the location-based entertainment work that, we're, that we've been doing, um, as well as, you know, some of the, the projects with, with the di different film festivals. And yeah. you know, we, um, they're just, there's so, there's so many Too many projects. to mention, you can't single one out. Too many, too many, yeah. Too many, um, but, too also, many. but also, I, pre I do, I appreciate I also very much appreciate what's be, what is done on the enterprise side, uh, where you are impacting ROI for businesses. You're impacting um, exp you know people's work experience. Whether you know you're taking training from seven days to three days, you're you're taking uh, you're giving. Uh, in school or in medical school where you're giving doctors and, and future doctors the, you know, the ability to have much higher retention of their material, which then would lead to better patient outcomes, which, you know, is, is, is huge when, when you think about, you know, that what's, what's the impact on somebody's life, right? So somebody going in with a surgeon who, who, who has a much, who, whose retention of, the, of what they studied in terms of how to do that surgery, obviously would, uh, would have a huge, potentially huge outcome on, on the, the results of the surgery. So there's just so many, there's so many, um, yeah, there's so many. And then, then you know, all of the, uh, what, we, what you're just talking about, about how the ability, whether it's in, 
uh, collaboration around a project or a collaboration around product design, product you know design review, uh, quality review, um, or just you know social VR collaboration where you're bringing people together who don't have the ability to be together right now, um, particularly right now, um, is 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 really inspiring too. So that that you know bridging distances between people for connection, for collaboration, for learning, for creation. I mean, that's, that's how we're looking at the market today. You know, VR enables you to create, VR enables you to learn, VR enables you to collaborate, VR enables you to, to connect. And, um, and sometimes that connection is around gaming and sometimes it's around something else. So it's like those four, those four big pillars are how we're looking at the market today and what the experience is that people um, are, that that virtual reality positively contributes to. Yeah, it's interesting to hear how you join up the different spaces. You know, join join up the connection with the uh, uh, you know the the enterprise section. I mean, we're very fortunate to receive an invitation from HP this morning to uh, contribute to a program or get not contribute to get involved with the program. They're starting to touch on you know joining different aspects of the experience together. So clearly, you're doing R and D just not just in the hardware only but how does it relate to the wider experience? Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm super excited that you got that invitation today. That's fantastic. It's a upcoming, not yet announced uh, program that we have and with, with a lot, you know, a lot, a lot more coming, um, a lot of excitement. You know, we, we, we have announced this year already the HP Reverb G2 um, with, our, with our partnership with Valve and Microsoft, but we have some other, some other exciting news and exciting programs and partnerships that we, have, that we have coming this year that we have not yet announced. Um, and yes, it does extend beyond hardware. Um, so very excited, Tim, that you're going to be part of that because it will yeah. be. Yeah. It will be fantastic, and and very much our whole team's looking forward to the world's you know learning learning more about it as well, which will be which will be coming coming soon. But Brilliant! Well, we're delighted to be involved in a, a secret squirrel program with yours. <laughs> secret squirrels? Is that what you said? <laughs> secret squirrel. <laughs> secret squirrel. It's like a secret agent. Like, oh yeah. Like skunk work. Secret, we're all secret squirrels here. I we're guess. all secret okay. squirrels. Yeah. I won't do, <laughs> I won't do the hand sign. Uh, but anyway, get to some of this. It this time of the interview I tend to ask guests about any book recommendations they might have that can you know be in the field of oh. or can just be a little bit wider than that wow well I'll, the books the two books I'm the two books three books I just read uh I just read it's it's very topical um I read Arlen Hamilton's book about being underestimated which was uh she's a she's a venture capitalist who What's uh, Arlen Hamilton. I read her book a couple of weeks ago. Um, I can't remember the exact title, but it's something about being underestimated. Um, and it's great. It's a, she, she's uh, raised, she went from being, she was like a tour manager in music. At one point she was actually homeless and she went on to raise a lot of money and has been invested in investing in underrepresented firms, underrepresented companies, underrepresented companies, under underestimated founders. Yep. Um, and so it's really, um, really, really inspirational, great story. And, and I know her personally. Um, so I was really happy to read her book. Mm -hmm. um, I was reading, you know, where there's been a lot of, um, 
focus in the United States on racial divide and police brutality and Black Lives Matter. And so I was reading um, a book called White Fragility that's, that is quite interesting um, and I think important, important for, for, us, for, us to, for many of us to read. Whether or not you think it's important for you to read, it probably is. Um, the less you think it's important for you the to read, the more important it is. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just a lot of learning, a lot of pers- different perspectives. And then I was reading a book called um, How to Be Anti-Racist. So those, that, those are the three books I've been reading over the last three weeks or so. And, and in a similar vein, do you have any uh, theories that you like to share with friends? Uh, I'll give you a couple of clues on this one, a couple of examples. So, that, you know. Oh, clues? The right they're answer? Not, not clues, but a couple of, couple of examples that uh, I really love. And one of those is uh, Solomon's Paradox, which okay. is uh, the, the theory that it's, uh, and it's being proven, it's one's ability to reason more sensibly about someone else's problems than one's own which is kind of recognized as a psychological um, tendency that it's easier for us to give advice to other people than to look at our own lives. And, uh, and another one's uh, called Amara's Law, which is where we uh, overestimate the impact of innovation in the short term, but mm. underestimate it in the long term. So I wonder yeah. if you have any kind of go-to theories like that, you know, just hanging around. When you're stressed or feeling that you don't have time for things, there's an expression that a, a, a friend of mine who's a, who's a teacher and, and things like this always says, just like, you have all the time in the world, you have all the time in the world, that, which sometimes is true, sometimes is not true, but it just brings you back to that state of, okay, like, I got this, I can get this done, and puts you in a much better place to, to be able to, um, to move forward. That's one. And the other one I love, the other one I love um, is from... Uh, Julia Cameron, Mm -hmm. and she wrote The Artist's Way. Mm. And um, The Artist's Way is is for both creativity and productivity around, um, and and it has a number of exercises you do every day or every week to unlock your creativity, unlock your productivity. Mm. And one of the things she says is jealousy is a map. And I love that mm. because, you know, sometimes we, I mean, you, t- you talked earlier about like abundance mindset and scarcity mindset, and sometimes jealousy is coming out of the scarcity mindset that there's not enough for all of us. Yeah. And, um, but it's kind of turning jealousy on its head and saying, no, actually jealousy is a map. Yeah. Jealousy is a roadmap. It's where you want, you know, you, I, us, it's where, you know, if you're, if, if you're, if I'm experiencing jealousy, it's because I, somebody is achieving something that I want to achieve. And then t- how do I take that, look at that as a map and see how do I also have that, that, you know, that outcome or that result or, or get there. Yeah. I haven't heard that, but I like that a lot. It's a little bit when, you know, one gets older, you sort of change your relationship to pain, whether that's, you know, perceived mental generally more perceived mental than physical you know physical pain can just hurt but uh, you know sometimes pain when you're, you're feeling overwhelmed can actually be something to to go into which is a, a little bit like you've all the time in the world just changing the mindset yeah I mean, all the time in the world is for my friend jennifer grace who's also written a number of books lovely all of which some of which we hope to achieve with what we do in xr and certainly by the ability to build new realities yes Yes, with all of it, right? You can read, you can achieve new realities where you do have all the time in the world or achieve new realities where you are achieving that, that roadmap for where you're going. Exactly. Well, look, it's been lovely to talk to you, Joanna. Thank you for taking uh, time out from your busy schedule. And um, I look forward to 
talking with you more in the future. Thank you for inviting me on today. I'm excited and you you all are doing such, such great work. So we're so happy that you are an ISV partner of HP and that you're going to be part of our upcoming, uh, you know, of, unannounced as of yet uh, future, <laughs> future, future programs and projects too. So I'm excited to see what you all, you know, what comes of that. But I know, I know there'll be some great, some great work coming. Great. And are there any other events you want to signpost or and any other publications you want to point people towards? Um, well, I would, well, I would like to say is that our HP, Reverb G2 is already available for pre-order at hp.com backslash reverb in the U.S. Uh, all of the pre-orders are coming very soon in select other countries around the world, and the headset will be shipping in the fall. Um, and we have we have a whole bunch of different events. Um, you know, if, if people are interested in knowing how to stay in touch, we um we have a, a webinar this week for clients in the U.S. We have um, something in Europe happening for clients. We have something in in Japan. With, with clients and press, we have. Um, we'll be speaking at VRX. We'll be speaking at, at you know quite quite a few quite a few events. Um, we already think signed on to VRARA for September. Uh, so um, if anyone wants to stay in touch or follow up on, an, on anything, my my um, Instagram and Twitter are at Joanna Popper, and link, on LinkedIn you can find me at Joanna Popper. And I'm pretty good about answering. Excellent. I try to be pretty good about answering. So, lovely. Great to chat to you, Joanna, and um, look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you for the invite. It was great to be here with you. Lovely. Have a great day. You too. Great. So.